You're listening to the Avoid the Trap Podcast, a show dedicated to helping bettors exploit the betting markets using unconventional strategies and tactics. Turn up the volume and listen closely. The show starts now. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Avoid the Trap. I'm your host, Micah Smith. This is episode 25. I have Antonino DeRosa and David Miller on the, on the line with me. How's it going, guys? Oh, it's going great. Always good, especially with you guys. Yeah. How was a week off of football for you, David? Good. Yeah. I just focused on my fitness right now. That's yeah. where I'm at. I'm just really serious about trying to get fit. You know, take off the – well, it's only like five pounds I gained. But, you know, just beast mode in the gym. Even if you are pretty fit, it's good to – Focus on that. You do the same thing, right? Yeah, I go with the morning. Yeah. Who me? No. <laughs> get are, you, in, yeah. are you doing hits still? All the hit stuff. Hits. I'm sorry. What do you mean hit? Hit like high intensity. You said oh, cross, that. CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do CrossFit. Yeah. Any hotties in your CrossFit class? <laughs> I'm focused, man. I'm thinking about work and just trying to relieve stress. Not focus too much. There's so many in my gym. Oh, my God. There's so many. When I walk uh, my daughter around the neighborhood, no hotties, unfortunately. Uh, let's focus, guys. Let's focus. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I want, you guys are t- all talking big about how much weight you're losing and you're getting fit. I've been a uh, couple of weeks off of uh, cigarettes. Nice. What do you guys think of that? That is Yeah, I mean, how long smoke for? About 10 years. Okay, what was the first few days like? Hell, or was it easy? I'm just, I'd uh, like to hear. Uh, the first few days actually weren't bad. Now it's starting to really be bad. But I'm, I'm on like a nicotine patch of some sort, like a nicotine patch. Okay. And like you do lower doses. And I think this new patch that I started a couple of days ago is not enough of a kick. But, you know, we're hanging in there. So, okay. Well, because some people have different experiences. It's like, oh, it's total hell or... Oh, I don't know. I just did it and never looked back. And some people relapse, yeah, like five or six times. Yeah. I've gone, you know, like weeks and months in the past without smoking. And I always went back to it. But yeah, it's funny thing. I never smoked a cigarette until I was like 30 years old, Mm. which is most people's stories is they start when they're young. And then I started uh, when I got into sports betting. So yeah, I was going (laughs) to ask that this business drove you into smoking. It's driven me into some drinking and and shots a couple times but (laughs) well it's obviously it's a high stress thing that you know we go through every day and uh for me it was more of a social thing a lot of the people in this business are smokers so after work or whatever we would go out drinking and everyone was smoking or yes it started as a social thing but but definitely when you lose a lot of money or you're sweating a game a cigarette definitely helps well yeah yeah, yeah. Did you turn to like eating more or like did something else have to, did another bad habit have to, sorry, and last thing, because I'm always curious, did you just no, more? I'm munching a little more, but I think that's just normal. So, okay. but the good news is I, I also got off of caffeine because, oh, I, I can't oh, wow. do that. because the problem is every time you have a cup of coffee, you want to eat cigarette really badly. So I haven't really, you know, I used to drink four or five cups of coffee a day. Now zero too. So, what about green tea? Are you going to do green tea or anything? Or it's still the same? 
every once in a while i'll have like a coke zero or something to for a little caffeine kick but okay. uh i haven't thought about a tea maybe maybe i'll start looking into tea okay uh, sorry to sorry to don't like to ramble on about that but i'm always curious yeah, what people feel because caffeine if i had to quit caffeine tomorrow just shoot me just kill me just shoot me anyway <laughs> Well, the Super Bowl is set, 49ers versus the Chiefs. You guys know me. I, I'm a Twitter, decent type guy, taking as much information as I, as I can get. And I've heard nothing, but everybody's taking Mahomes because he's a dog. How can you not take Mahomes as a dog? Kind of going to get your guys' take on it. I mean, I know the 49ers have looked really bad in the playoffs, have to come from behind both games, et cetera, having even scored a point, I don't think, in the first quarter of any game. But – Power ratings all say they should be, you know, four to five or you know even six point favorite in during the regular season in this matchup. But what do you guys think on it as far as that goes and the history, et cetera? Whose power rankings are those that say they should be a four point favorite on a neutral site? Well, that's because right. if you're taking all of the data from all the games throughout the season, that's probably a true statement, is my guess. Okay, do you have a pick on it? We did not bet the game at all. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think if I had to bet, if I was forced to bet, I would bet San Francisco, but only because I do think that the number is what it is because of a lot of public money. Yeah, so that's my thought. Basically, if this was a normal Sunday game, not the Super Bowl, the line would be higher, in my opinion. Yeah, but you have to factor in the moment. And, yeah, I, I get it, but Mahomes really lives for this stuff. And I don't know, pretty <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a hard one. What about you, Mike? Do you have a pick? Well, you know, I'm a, I like to fade the perception. That's just how I've always rolled. But, yeah, I mean, nobody's given Purdy a chance, it seems like. Yeah, they are the favorite. I probably will take them just to have a sweat on it. I'll probably, like, to be honest with you guys, we'll do the morning stuff in basketball, and then I'll probably just – because I don't do all the props and stuff. I'll probably just get smashed and go over here to View House. Well, and <laughs> could you go over with us a little bit how the how it's like working at Pinnacle during the Super Bowl Sunday or how things are moving as far as the amounts bet, et cetera, how they move the number or anything, so, any, any, yeah, yeah, anything to tell us? Obviously, people think that the Super Bowl is like the special day where it's super busy and lots of bets and this and that. Maybe now it is because of all the different props that you're forced to offer. But the game itself, I mean, it's probably the easiest game to trade that you ever will trade. Like the games that move the ones that are hard to trade. But a game like the Super Bowl, the number has gone from one or one and a half to maybe two and a half and hasn't basically moved for two weeks. And there's usual limits one way or another. Those games are super easy. So I think there's excitement because everybody wants to watch a Super Bowl. But I think the excitement comes not from the bets that you get on those days, but it's like finally a football season is over kind of excitement. Right. But usually, you know, everybody's looking in, even people that aren't trading football. The tennis traders will come and see what's going on in the Super Bowl. Same thing. At least at Pinnacle, that's how it was. You know, the soccer traders would look. And we would sit around and we get excited when we see really big bets that normally you don't see. So, but you know, one of these games probably gets more volume than a full Sunday card. A, because nature of the bigger limits and B is because it's the only game day they can bet. 
and see that it's been open for a few weeks. What would so, it take? Go ahead. What would go it ahead. take on Saturday to move Pinnacle's number on the side? What would it take? A uh, I don't know. Let's check how much. Uh, let's see today. Let's see how much. Uh, how much they are open for? I'm looking right now. Uh, probably some percentage of the. So right now, Pinnacle is open for my account only gets half limits. So Pinnacle is open for about two hundred thousand. I'm pretty sure if you bet forty or fifty grand, it would move the line. Not much, but it would move it. You see? Yeah, like it depends on your account or you know whatever else, but uh, but it would definitely move it. On the day of the game, it's possible that the person in charge of trading the game, you know, they can decrease the auto mover percentage of each bet. So it's possible that if I was trading this game, most likely I would take off auto mover on Sunday morning and I would never let auto mover trigger. I would just move the lines myself when I thought that it should be moved. But yeah, the thing is, is really like now you have to compete with all these sports books that offer a million props. So I suspect that that gets a lot of really busy because I mean, some of these sites have hundreds and hundreds of props and, uh, to have enough covers, like space cover to cover this huge surface, you do need either some really good automation or you do need a lot of people looking at it. They're very easy to mispriced or even do something, you know, like post something that you should have never posted or interpret the wrong way. So there's a lot of looking over what you posted and not posted. I remember a few years ago, there was a prop that one of the sports books offered. It was like, who will receive the ball first? And mm-hmm. it was one of those situations when one of the teams always defers and another team always chooses to receive. So they thought that it was like a 50-50 proposition, but in reality, it was like 100% one way. So you have to be really careful with a lot of these props on how you type them inside your system and now they get graded and how they get interpreted, and something that might seem like a 50-50 thing, it could, in reality, could be a 100% thing. Interesting. Yeah, there's very few of those. That stuff does happen, but the people that create these props, they have to take all this stuff into account. Yeah, I know, that makes sense. But something that you should do instead of betting the Super Bowl, if you don't have an opinion or a reason to think that one side is sharp or not, just go on Sunday afternoon, like 30 minutes before the game starts, and just bet blindly under Travis Kelsey reception, under Travis Kelsey yards, yeah. under Mahomes yards, under McCaffrey yards. Like, I suspect there's a lot of value in all these props. They'll shop around, but yeah, the point is there's a built-in tax on all the overs yeah. because people just want to bet overs. And then, especially in this game, I mean, yeah, your average person's just over, 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 so... There's really good contrarian value there. Yeah, and then don't go bet under on like an obscure player, but like the very famous players, like the sports books are going to need under, and it's just always good to be on the same side as the sports book. Yes. So we love, we love that. The same side as we love that. You want to be on the same side of the sports book for sure. But yeah, and then uh, when the game starts, usually we watch the Super Bowl out, like in the past. At Pinnacle, at least, every Super Bowl, they would throw a party where they would invite everybody, you know, to go watch the game and have drinks and food. 
And unfortunately, the person that was tasked to trade the game live, they'd be all alone left in the office trading the game live while everybody was having fun. But it wasn't too hard to trade it. I mean, the guy was, was he nervous? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, usually for these type of games, for the live stuff, at least. While the pregame is really easy, the live is very tough because you are getting a lot more volume than you normally are. When you screw up, it's going to be very painful. So usually they put the best traders to do those type of things. You know, like the best trader at Beck Chris is going to be trading the Super Bowl live. The best trader at Pinnacle is going to be trading the Super Bowl live. The best trader in every sports book is going to be trading those events live. Same thing with the finals of a major in tennis. Same thing for the NBA finals. It's always like that. And then the backups get to go party. The backups get to go party or they do the crappier games or whatever. You would think this day and time they got to be really sharp on the prop side of it too because more people are betting props than 10 years ago, right? Yeah, I know, don't know very much about props, but from what I hear people saying is that DraftKings and FanDuel, since they do so many props for every single NFL game, a lot of the props are the same, the ones that they offer during the Super Bowl. So they've gotten good at pricing a lot of these props. And uh, yeah, and props will get harder and harder. More, more and more props these sports books will offer, obviously it'll get harder to beat because they learn. Just like us, better as we learn, they learn as well. Makes sense. So yeah. So Rufus, in one of his interviews, he said uh, in the past, he, he claims they did bet about $2 million on Super Bowl props every year. And uh, he said where most of his volume would be on the first week or week and a half in previous Super Bowls. In this Super Bowl, he thinks most of his volume is going to come on Saturday and Sunday. So his strategy shifted from how bad do they price the props versus just betting against the public. How much it moves. Yeah. Got it. Good tips there, Mr. Ant. Good tips. Let's um, shift for a minute. So you guys know I bet a lot of golf futures. I've just something that I'm really into. So it's, uh, what is it? Saturday evening, this past Saturday, I have a future on Wyndham Clark at 101, right? To win the Pebble Beach, whatever it is. So you made uh, the bet before the tournament started. Before the tournament starts, for Pinnacle's max was like four hundred dollars at one hundred and one. So I hit that, and Saturday he shoots like I think minus twelve, something ridiculous, almost sets the course record, right, to get a one shot lead Saturday evening, right. So this is after three rounds. Then all of a sudden it's haywire with weather, right? Yep. Rains like seventy mile an hour winds. The course can't hold any rain, so. They delay the tournament on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Well, on Saturday, the telecast kept saying, there's no way they're playing tomorrow. Like, this is for sure most likely going to be the last day. Right. Well, anyways, on Saturday evening around 6, they finally call the entire tournament. Say the tournament's over, Wyndham Clark's winning, right? Won the tournament. So I'm fist pumping. Yeah, we're all celebrating that. I'm at a wedding. but you having a good time. Where did you make this bet? That pinnacle. Okay. Uh, they were like, I mean, everywhere was like 50 to one on him. They had a hundred. So I just, okay. t- so, and I'm fist pumping thinking I'm the smartest guy. Evidently I wasn't. So these other smart cronies 
decided they were going to go on DraftKings. Hold on a second. Their rule <laughs> said that their rule did not mention anything about 72 holes. No, if you do pre-tournament, no. Okay, not perfect. When they call the tournament, everything's good. This has happened to me before. Yeah. Um, pre-tournament, I've never had an issue. Yeah. But for to, to continue, so these smart guys, which I wasn't smart to even think about this, on DraftKings started parlaying the guys that were in the top 10 to finish in the top 10, right? These same guys live, all 10 of these guys will finish top 10, like $100 pay 700000 20 bucks pay 300000 Ridiculous. Yeah. I think that added up to be a little over $200 million in liability. Now, are we sure it was the live event or was it the event that they post after the round three is over? Before after round, round three was over, correct. Yes. Okay, so that's the distinction. It wasn't the live markets. It was the round you know what will happen from now on from now on right after round four these people will still be in the top 10 right yeah before they said the tournament was going to be canceled yeah so they canceled the tournament and these guys are sitting there with (laughs) guys and they have pending bets that these guys finished in the top 10 the parlay should win you would think right there's no terms that say like circa has a term if you bet after round three, it has to go another round. It has to go for 72 holes, right? Yeah, most sports books, when they post the tournament winner after round three, they'll post and must go 72 holes right. for this to be live, to be paid. Right. Did they get paid? Hopefully they got Well, they deleted all the wagers, as you would think. Oh, this is – I'm so tired of it. Really? And now what happened? They're fighting. Well, we, nobody knows. Sport, DraftKings shoot – Pay two hundred and ten million to all these people, but they deleted all the wagers. So today, I think they deleted the wagers, right? Yeah, I don't know how or what. I don't know what how they will resolve it, but I suspect that every state will be different, though. No, I, I think they'll get out of paying it just because that it's not Nevada where everything is. If it's clear in Nevada and the rules are the rules, you have to get paid. Every other state, they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Nevada, you get paid. Or there's a settlement or something, you know? So Nevada, you get paid on that because it's not a rule. Yeah, if it's not in the rules. In Nevada, it's a very, like, player. Like, all right, you guys set the rules. If they come in and play, you, you got to pay the man. And there's even, like, crazy times. My friend got paid. There's a quarter video poker, right? Yeah. So instead of $80 for the, like, um, the jacks to the kings, it paid... Uh, 80,000 randomly. It just was a massive glitch. He still got paid. We don't want to pay it. And then gaming went, no, it was on the machine. You got to pay it. Mm. I think they have kind of like changed it since then. It's It'll say on the machines now, like, so, so, so in Nevada, if their line should be plus 100 instead of plus 1,000, you have to pay? They have to pay. If the bet is booked, you, you have to, they pay. Okay, so but there's that, no palpable error. Yeah, but right there, I'm going like, so nobody was just looking at any of the, the bets coming through or something? Well, obviously, the person who put up that market when round three was over is a total moron. So let's start with that. The second thing that happened, and, and this is probably a guy who makes $15 an hour. And this guy costs DraftKings $210 million. Then the other issue is, why do they allow, I mean, this is the issue with these in-game parlays. Like same game parlays. If you don't allow people to hit same game parlays on this shitty product, 
like maybe they'll lose one or two million. They're not gonna lose two hundred and ten million. As much as I would want DraftKings not to pay their customers, because obviously these people were just taking shots, you know, like them offering same game parlay, which is a very predatory product. That's what's making them lose so much money. So I kind of want them to pay. No, you have to give the guys something. You you can't. There has to be like, all right, you, good one. We'll give you fucking like, I don't know, two hundred million. Okay, you could argue that's kind of nuts, but you, you have to do something. Like, do you agree with that? Like, you got to, man. I would just say, all right, you guys clear because the bets could have. Yes or no? There was still a small chance the bets would have like if played. The, if the tournament plays on Sunday. Yes, the bets could have lost. Yeah, and they don't cancel it there. You have to do. Yeah, you got to give them something. Like you, you have to. It's like when that. Have you guys seen the Netflix where the guy saved all the little Pepsi things, whatever it was, and yeah. and had to get the free plane? They said, "Hey, man, we'll give you a million dollars." Like, just we screwed up, but like it was a joke. But okay, what? So they gave him. A, they offered him a million. Then he said no, and then he got even less. But you, you got to sit down and go. All right, let we'll give you like. Even if it's like two million, all right, we'll give you two million. Come on, man, two hundred million, you're, you're nuts. They deserve something. You realize if they pay two hundred and ten million, it could literally just break their company. No, it would break their company. Not could, it would. Yeah, they're already. Yeah, but that's why they got to pay them something, though. What's your opinion then? Sorry, I get into this. What What do you think, Ant? Just cancel them, and that's fair. No, it's a bigger argument. Like it's not that easy. Yeah, you I know. know. It's the problem this shit happens is because these sports books are trying to offer more than they can handle. You know, like they have so many props, so many things on the websites, so much surface area to cover that not everything is priced perfectly. And obviously here, these in-game parlays were not priced knowing that there's most likely not going to finish the tournament. And the same thing goes with... uh the rules when you're offering so much product it's hard to have a rule that protects you the sports book in every single scenario yeah that's right you're right so like i personally think if it was my sports book i wouldn't pay because i think that all these people were just taking a shot right these are people that are probably never even made a golf bet right but it's also their fault. If it was my sports book, I would never allow you to parlay the top 10 exact players on round three going into round four. So it's a catch-22 kind of thing, right? If it was my sports book, the way I would do it is I would just go wager by wager. Okay, here's a guy who's never made a golf wager. Obviously, taking a shot, cancel. Here's a guy that's never made an, a, a same-game parlay cancel pay the people that in reality they probably had no idea there was a possibility of a rain delay pay those people and then the other ones that obviously were taking shots you know just screw them i think the guys should deserve something though they were taking shots they had the edge that's what we do i mean that's what we're all about but they took like a an, a shot that we just never hear about like that's crazy well, Back in the day when I was trading, if I posted the wrong line by mistake, you know, an extra zero or whatever, an extra 50 cents, whatever it was, and people would bet it, I would look through every single wager and every single losing account I would keep. 
every single guy that was sharp and I knew that they only bet because the line was way off, I would delete and I would take that seriously. And uh, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but I think like there is no right or wrong. I don't think I showed Mike a, a message earlier. I was watching some soccer live at Pinnacle today and there was the same soccer game being traded twice. Okay. So two instances yeah. in their website of the same soccer game. And the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, I can parlay both of them. But what I did instead is I messaged somebody at Pinnacle and told them, you should probably take one of these down. But you know what I'm saying? Where most people would have just parlayed them both. And what happens to that account when they parlay them both and it wins? Well, loses? well first, the person who grades the game has to realize that there was two instances of the game. I think the odds are very low that that's going to happen. Okay. They're not going to realize, okay. If somebody does realize what's happening, then most likely then they have to think, oh, let me go see if somebody actually parlayed both games. So they would have to look wager by wager by wager. So even if they found the mistake, what is the odds that the person who found the mistake would think that? Now, if that person thought that, it depends how lazy or unlazy they are. Some will just delete the wagers, obviously, because it's a parlay on the same game, on the same result. Delete the wagers, and they call it a day. If you actually cared more and you're a good employee, you would then see, oh, the guy who parlayed both things, let me go and research this account. And they would either set an outer mover that's higher or when that guy makes wagers, like make it look like it's more alerting to the traders various yeah. ways you can do that but it really depends on if the traders realize this and then which trader realizes so like that probably these golf people the game ended late at night in california probably the good traders for DraftKings were already sleeping probably some low level trader posted the thing without knowing that there was a chance of the thing not playing and then when they put it on Probably nobody saw all those bets come in and realized that there was something wrong. That's the true story. How it happened. Should the customer be punished because DraftKings doesn't spend enough to hire a bunch of smart traders? Maybe. But it's tough. I think the guys should have factored in, too, that they just don't have the money to pay all that. And But in the heat of the moment, you're just like, all right, let me... Maybe they should have made smaller bets, like they equaled a million. Do you think they get paid if they do that or no? I think if this is a $1 or $2 million mistake, DraftKings would have already paid. I'm just surprised on how many different people thought of that idea. That kind of blew my mind. You know how many Discord channels exist out there of of people betting, of people just looking for mistakes, and then they attack? You're right. They're like fucking like rats. They just, bottom feeders are just wait for mistakes. I mean, I wait for a mistake too, but like the mistake. Normal routine though. That's the difference between us and then we, we do our normal routine. And then if we see one, it's one out of hundreds of bets we do, you know? Yeah. What was that? A second half? The market posted the wrong favorite this week? The Pelicans? I, I thought of you when I was betting. I said, oh, Ant will be proud of me. But then I, I send you pictures of, uh, we already hit our bot for tons. Yeah, but who bet it first? I think you bet it first, obviously. 
don't have to input anything into a robot. I'm just like, same time. We saw it at the same time, but you were just like, okay. And then you're <laughs> pausing. How much do I want to risk? Me, I'm going. Exactly. How much? Because, but here's the thing. You knew that it was off. But you didn't know that you could still take and pick them and it was still good, right? No, because in the middle of it, I was texting our friend and going, hey, man, this is clearly off. You even have it off. I bet a few times. Do you mind if I do? He, and then he goes, it's fine if you bet it. I mean, don't I don't care. So I guess that Brock Purdy future or that Brock Purdy MVP was just a one off because he goes, yeah, just bet it if you see that. As long as it's not like four or five points off. It's oh, not you a did clear. it on his side? No, he had it on his site too, but I bet oh, it. Oh, wow. Because they copy and paste in NBA, but they don't in college. He oh. puts it out first a lot in college, but in NBA, he copies and pastes. Let me ask you a question. Thousand there, he, but he only takes three in college. He'll put it out first just to be one of the market Who leaders of not NBA, though. Who is he copying in the NBA? Everybody copies one sports book. But as I was texting him, he goes, should I pull it? And I go, yeah. So it's Ben Cripps is over Pinnacle on the NBA. I'm pretty sure that since Pinnacle is not on Dom Best, since that stopped happening, everyone copies Beckris. And then when Beckris makes a mistake, every single PPH and whatever else just copies them. So the correct order of operation, if you like a game in your model to go to his site first, Beckris second. Well, yes. well, that's yes. the problem is that when Ben yes. Chris makes a mistake, you don't want to hit it right away. You want they're fair. They don't delete your wager. You get a three or five thousand dollar bet. For us, we want everyone to copy first. But when you have people like Dave smacking the line right away, Dave got like plus two and plus two and a half. I don't know what he got. I got most of it at like plus one and plus one and a half. What should but the line have been? Minus one and a half. The other team. I'm struggling out here, man. I got to make money. <laughs> I'm not hating on you. I'm just letting you know that when you hit it right away, then uh, you've ruined the price for everybody else. That's the name of the game. You know, it's a race on the good numbers. Totally fine. Thanks. Yeah. Dave, just go out drinking more when uh, NBA second half's come out. I'm going to. Are you going to? So you get a few days off. If all you do is NBA, you get a few days off next week. Are you excited? Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I'll start break and come back. Yeah, so there you go. You get time off. You earned it. So, yeah, usually back Chris posts first and then everybody copies. No, they don't copy to the number. They copy to a similar number, you know. See, one of those, the first thing I do, though, is text our guy and I go, because we need this guy if we have any chance in the future to keep going. And, you know, it's hard to beat this stuff straight up, but he's our only way to, our only connection at, to beat it. So the first thing I do before I do anything is I tell him to pull it. I go pull whatever game. And then he pulls it. I mean, he doesn't even chat. He just pulls it. He knows that. So, yeah, that's the first thing I do. And then I start betting it. 10 on it. Somebody could just go 10, 10, 10, 10. So I'm like, pull it. Oh, because he doesn't have an auto mover on his system. No, yeah. Well, he does have all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, if I know it's a mistake, I don't want him to lose money over a clear mistake. Yeah. Would you have emailed uh, DraftKings if uh, you noticed this thing about keeping the golf futures up? <laughs> no, I would feel like a snitch. But I don't feel like a snitch with our guy. He's going, all right, if you guys are good enough to beat this straight up, I'll give you a chance. And if we don't, we lose money to him and he gets a cut of it. So it's like, I look at him as like not the enemy. I look at like we help each other. So I don't feel like a snitch. DraftKings. 
You know him personally? Like, you ever go out with him and stuff? No, but, like, just in casinos. Yeah, like, see him in the Stunco Sportsbook. Cool. I was going to say, if you needed an introduction uh, this year when we go to Vegas, uh, we could all go out for a cigar. Yeah, why do you guys want to do that, though? He loves cigars, dude, that guy. Why do you guys like cigars? I don't know. I, I know all my friends. I like don't like cigars, bro. I'm just saying that's what that guy likes to do. You like cigars, don't lie. No, I actually don't. Every time I smoke a cigar, I get sick because I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> Sounds like me. Fine. Sounds like how I would be, man. So, dude, uh, Micah, what else do you have to do for us today? Wait, a little real quick. What about uh, can you discuss these NBA trades? What teams that yes. helped, what teams that didn't help, et cetera? Okay, this is my bread and butter. So, the teams that I think got better are the New York Knicks got way better. They got Bogdanovich, mm-hmm. which is a very good forward who can shoot and handle the ball. And they got Alec Burks, who's like a secondary ball handler type guy. That's pretty good, you know, off the bench. And they basically didn't lose anybody. The OKC Thunder got way better. They traded for Gordon Hayward. Hmm. They traded for Gordon uh, Hayward, who's usually always basically hurt. But if he's actually not hurt, I think he's going to be really good, especially coming off the bench for that team. Another team that got a little bit better if Embiid comes back is the 76ers. They traded for Buddy Yield. He's a very good shooter. And then the Suns added some depth, which they definitely needed. They got Royce O'Neal and uh, David Roddy, which are basically two wings that will play off the bench for them. And they're both uh, very good. But the reason why they're good is because they're actually good defenders. And prior to this, the Suns didn't actually have anybody that knew how to play defense. Oh, one more team got better, too. The Mavs. The Mavs got P.J. Washington and Gafford. One guy played in the... Basically, there's two big guys, and that's kind of what they needed. Two guys that play defense, they're big, and they basically didn't lose anybody for those guys. So that's uh, my NBA. Uh, it's still going, I think. Yeah, yeah. So when's the trade deadline? I think it ends today in a couple of hours. Right. What's your take on Cleveland? They didn't do anything, but I think they're decent. The problem with Cleveland is really weird. I think uh, they were really good when like their second and third best player were hurt this year. Mm. And uh, it's because I think they have this – a lot of times when you have too many good players – you don't have anybody that does like any of the role playing stuff. So the best stretch they had when it was in their second or third best player were out. And they basically had their best player with a bunch of role players playing. That's when they hit their stride. So it's kind of weird, but uh you can't put five NBA stars on one team and accept expect to win. Because nobody wants to do the boxing out and the rebounding and the cutting. Everybody just wants the ball in their hand. Their schedule is really easy, too. Some of the East divisions are so weak. Like even the 76ers, they play against the Wizards and they play against Charlotte, play against all these teams more than the other team. So there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, the Raptors made some trades that I don't really understand. Yeah, some of the trades I don't understand, but 
I think uh, four teams got a little bit better. I don't think there was not a single trade that would change odds on who you know who's going to win the championship. Maybe the Knicks got a tiny bit better, like in that regards. But that's about it, really. Nothing from Timberwolves. Timberwolves made a trade yesterday. They traded for a backup point guard called Monte Morris, used to be in Denver. They were trying to get Tyus Jones, who's a point guard for the Wizards, but the Wizards wouldn't trade him. The problem with the Minnesota, I think, is that when Conley is old, when he plays, they're very good, and when he doesn't play, they're very bad. And not because Conley is a great player. He's just the adult in the room. There's that his kids don't misbehave. I knew something coming after that comment. But it's true. Like, uh, Minnesota is very talented, but at, sometimes Towns loses his mind, and Edwards is still 21 years old, maybe 22. I don't even know. And Gobert thinks he's Shaquille O'Neal, but he's not. Can't win championship. Come on. The defense is good, but other than Edwards, who do they have that it's like for sure when they need a basket, when the game is tied with to go. Do you just watch the NBA channel all day? Yeah, I was like, wow, they wanted, but they couldn't get you even knew the wanted. Like, damn man, you're you're on top of it. I don't watch the NBA channel, but I listen to a few podcasts throughout the day. I like the NBA. I bet on it, so might as well keep up with it. Are you hardcore like all the way to the finals? You're like you're doing this all the way. Even when it's just the finals, like one game, you're sitting there on and betting, like really, yeah. Yes. In the past, those games, the finals and whatever other games, those are the games where we make more money. Okay. But we only bet live. But uh, usually, we make more money on games that are isolated than games that are, you know, on a Wednesday night when there's ten games going on. Yeah, island games. Yeah. Where you probably make more money if there's. 15 games at once. Yeah. We have a completely different way of betting. Yeah, what you're doing is it's impressive. I mean, yeah, we like a lot of games. Yeah. You know a lot. I mean, why don't you bet any futures? You just don't have – just never get into it? There's no future that saying. <laughs> well, most of our liquidity is uh, credit shops. It's something that I never got into it. Let me read one bookie crying text real quick. Uh, this is a new one by me. And I thought it was kind of funny. I've never heard of this excuse of somebody not to pay. It wasn't a lot of money, like uh, three grand. But let me just read you what he said. Three grand. Yeah, tell me what you think about this. I mean, they said they already paid you two weeks ago about thirty-two hundred, which you did. The backers are confident you're using the Ken Palm system, so the thirty-two hundred is yours on the first payout. This week, they're not paying you out because they're confident that you're using the Ken Palm system. What's the oh Ken Palm system? Ken Palm, college basketball. What is the system? What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. They don't understand. They don't know what Ken Palm even means, obviously, if they're saying that, right? It's already factored in the line. So Ken Palm, uh, many moons ago, was a college kid who decided to power rate college basketball using stats that nobody else was using. And for many years, the Kemp was, you could have an edge against a sports book if you use their is power rating. But nowadays, probably the last five or six years, whatever Kemp Palm is doing, many, many other people are doing. But 
the sports books are aware of Kempom when they're posting up lines. I don't understand the system and how yeah. it's supposed to be. Like, it's, it's, it's just an excuse not to take that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say you're using a robot or you're using, you're doing, you're, you're too sharp. Never had that that thrown in my face before. How do you, Ant, how do you have everything go smoother than him? Like, is there something that, like, you're doing that, even if you're using the robot, I don't get it. No, Ant works for people like me that always pay. Yes. I got to deal That's with little bitty engines that, no, nah, everything was good with this guy. I mean, the guy, I didn't lose any money. The guy paid three straight weeks, right? The thing is, Dave, the difference between me and Micah is that since we put all work creating the bets and making the bets and whatever else, when Micah brings accounts to us, he's the one that's getting accounts from people we don't know. He needs to screen those people, and hence he needs to guarantee these accounts money. We're lucky that we don't deal with anybody that I mean, we do get stiff sometimes from people like Micah, not Micah because he would never stiff. We do have people like Micah that bring us accounts and then us. When that happens, there's nothing we can do. But when a random dude stiffs Micah, it's really his responsibility. Micah should definitely not do a blood pressure check. I mean, it's probably through the roof. No, dude, I don't skip a beat. Man, what do I, what do I owe you guys, Ant? 40%. The guy already, yeah. paid, the guy already paid nine, right? So, now, I mean, grand scheme of things, I'm, up. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Just one guy. But, like, Micah, because he's such a good agent, we give him a bigger percentage of the accounts. So, yeah, we try to help the agents that get stiff that way. But we can't say – we've had agents that would bring accounts to us from people they never screened, all garbage accounts, and they never get paid on it. That's not our fault. That's the person who brings them to us that's not doing his due diligence. I don't – that Cam Palm thing, blue. I don't – still, I've thought about it since you said it. I don't get it. Google Cam Palm. And I know, but he knows what Cam Palm is. But what's the system? Like, is there, how is it cheating? What is the system? system? Not to pay, man. That's all that was. I think I should read a stiff text every week. I can probably have one a week for the net past you, year. Can that yeah. be a segment? That'd be a segment. End of the week. I have years of this. It's easy. You should definitely read a stiff message every single time. I think it would yeah. be really fun. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. Look at that. Because what? It's fun. Before we go, can I give people some hot picks and power slot? Oh, yes. What's the limits? I don't know, but I see a bunch of Vegas casinos offering it. We were able to bet it in our PPH accounts. Not for a ton, but some. I made three power slot bets for this Friday. I think the prices are still roughly there. All right. The first, the first bet I would bet is... Cole Young. I know that this might sound all foreign to you guys since you don't know what power slap is, but Cole Young is playing against uh, Brandon Bordeaux. Look at your on best, Dave. Go to fighting. You will see it. I was kind of like, what is this? Power <laughs> slap. Go to fighting on best. Oh, oh, you, oh, were they slap each other? Yeah, dude. Okay, Cole Young and Zach Zane. Cole Young versus Zach Zane, exactly. <laughs> I would take Cole Young all the way down to plus 125. So Paperhead has 130, Circa is 125, Westgate has 130, Bet Online is 135. You can bet it all the way down to plus 125. Cole who Young. Who studies that? Who, who, hand, who studies that? Me? 
He's an originator. I got a model, bro. All done by hand. For slapping. Uh, Who else we got? Come all on. right. So Cole Young, Cole Young plus 125. All right. The other guy I bet that, and all my prices are roughly still there. The guy that I want you guys to bet, his name is Timothy Thomas. Do you see TJ Timothy Thomas? TJ Thomas. There First he is. Okay. Timothy Thomas. This price kind of went away a little bit, but you can take all the way to minus 110. Westgate is minus 105. Circa is plus 100. Bet online is minus 110. Timothy Thomas, you can bet all the way to minus 110. I got one last, and then I'll leave you guys alone. Ryan Phillips. Ryan Phillips. It's a big underdog, Ryan Phillips. 80 at Circa, and then the, the other way at Bet Online is minus 290. Ryan Phillips, exactly. So hold on a second. I'm getting my numbers out. There he is. Randy, I got a solid value play for you, Randy, at Circa, since you always want to bet at Circa, and I'll tell him that one. Ryan Phillips, I would probably bet it. Yeah, I feel Ryan Ryan Phillips. Okay, two thirty three. I would probably bet Ryan Phillips uh two fifty or better. Do you watch these happen? Do you watch it? I look at the data after it happens. I don't actually sit there and watch the the fight. So okay, let's talk about this real quick. What if you're making these bets in one of the credit accounts? That's not a red flag. I don't know. Why would it be? UFC owns it. It's like a pretty big event. But yeah, those are my three picks for a uh, power slap. Go there and uh, get down on some power slap. Oh my God, this is great. Yo, Dave, here's a question for you. Power slap, the way it works is one person smacks first. It's Young. You want to know the names? It's Young, Thomas, and Phillips, right? Yeah. Yes. No, I like the model. I, I'm a big fan of the model. I don't know. You'll try anything. Like I love all that, though. But make sure you get those price, those prices I said. So, all right. <laughs> Good job. We'll see you next time after Super Bowl. All right. All right. Take all right. care, guys. Thank you for listening to the Avoid the Trap podcast. If you'd like more betting tips or want to learn how you can partner with us, go to our website, www.avoidthetrap.com. Until next time, remember, to the victor belong the spoils.